Welcome into another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I believe this is uh, episode number three. Of course, the voice that you're listening to is of of Mark Kastner. That is myself. I am joined once again by Jeremiah O'Shan. Yeah, it's becoming a normal thing, isn't it? Yeah, uh, you're kind of my my crash test dummy while I figure things out here. So, uh, well, I'm happy to happy to help. Yeah, happy to run into some walls with me. Yeah. Well. Uh, we did not record last week, um, which is which is okay because uh, some some other episodes on the Sounder at Heart podcast network were um, hopefully listened to you, or li- listened to by you, our listener. Um, we had uh, Mickey Turner's uh, lawyery podcast with with Garth Loggerway. Also, uh, earlier last week there was an episode of um, Coffee and Valkyries by. Jacob and Susie discussing all things Rain FC. Hope you enjoyed those episodes and uh, will continue to enjoy, enjoy those podcasts. Um, if you can only listen to some podcasts, make sure you listen to those instead of this one. Um, but if you can listen to all the podcasts, then please, bold. please listen to ours. Uh, anyways, so Sounders FC, uh, in a bit of different, bit of a different place than when we left left things off. I believe the last time we recorded was right before they uh, went to Philadelphia, changed uh, seven starters, and got a point. Since then, they had a week off, got more starters back, but still did not manage to get any points from a uh, very wounded and suspended sporting Kansas City side. Don't really want to talk about that game a whole lot. But I do want to ask Jeremiah one question on that, and then we'll move into some other topics that I have at hand. But um, how worried are you about that result? The Sporting Kansas City one. Or if you want to group both the draw at Philadelphia with the Sporting Kansas City one, too, you can. I don't think I'm super concerned about the result in a like by itself. You, you know, the Sounders haven't had a ton of success in Kansas City since kind of their... Uh, nice run at the beginning of of that stadium's opening. They haven't, I guess they haven't won there since 2013. 2013, May 8th. Yeah, that's a long time ago. So I'm not. I don't think the result itself is is bad. I think the degree to which Sporting Kansas City is suddenly a bad team is is probably overstated. Uh, their loss to the Galaxy last night certainly doesn't help the perception of the Sounders' uh, yeah. performance, but. KC was the better ga- team in that game against the Galaxy. The Galaxy got a late goal from Zlatan that made it. He look, does those types of things. Yeah, that made it look like a better result than I mean a worse result than it than it really was. Uh, so I don't think that the the performance itself was hugely concerning. The first fifteen minutes was somewhat distressing. I'd say as someone watching the game, it looked like the Sounders were just wholly unready to play that game. I don't think it was necessarily anything that Kansas City was doing. The Sounders just played really, really poorly. Um, but, you know, as long as it, if they come back and win this Dallas game, I don't I don't think I'm super concerned about the KC game. But, you know, if they, if they go into this break on a three-game losing streak to just kind of talk about the worst-case scenario, yeah, that's... Losing against Dallas and losing against Montreal. Yeah, I mean, that would be concerning. But as of right now where we see it, I'm not super worried about that game yeah that's fair i i feel um the same basically not worried but um i do understand the concerns that have been raised by uh, a certain segment of the fan base it It, it it makes sense yeah and it has been you know it's been a couple months really since the Sounders looked like they were firing on all cylinders and it you know looked like a team that was really ready to you know uh compete for the Sporter Shield and and I I don't think that I've given up on that that aspiration sure uh you know LAFC looks like if they if they play this way they're going to win the Sporter Shield and they're going to win it by a considerable distance yeah they'll, I mean, they'll might break the record of points by I don't know 10 yeah, I mean they're 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 on a really unbelievable streak, and and I don't know that the Sounders are gonna do anything to cat like the Sounders could claim seventy points and still finish ten points behind LAFC the way it's going right now. Yes, um, that, that's getting ahead of ourselves, but I'll, I'll, I I I do think it's concerning that 
the Senators haven't looked great uh, for a couple months now. Uh, there's a lot of reasons, I think, that you can explain that away. And and we'll see. We'll see how, you know, if they come back out of the Gold Cup break and they, you know, they, they're playing great, that I think mm. it's, you, you don't worry too much about it. And that's when they should, you know, at the end of the Gold Cup break, you're going to really know what this team is made out of. I think right now they're still grinding out results. And as long as they can keep grinding out results and keep kind of within hailing distance of, of LAFC, that's what I think that's I'm, – I'm personally satisfied, I think. Yes. I um, – it's – the whole LAFC thing, I try to put that somewhere else in my mind. Uh, not doing a very good job of that right now just because they're so overwhelmingly good. Yeah. But um, – just like things have happened to the Sounders this season that have hamstrung them, <laughs> quite literally, uh, that that could also happen to LAFC, unless it doesn't, and then it doesn't. But I don't want to talk about that right now. Anyways, there there are some trends emerging that are worrisome, but I think we'll we'll know so much more about this team at the end of the Gold Cup break, and even more so in the middle of August than we do right now. And I think some of the some of the larger questions we can punt on for now. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's being cowardly or not. I don't know. I just think, right, yeah. <laughs> where we sit right now, it's just very yeah. hard to assess how concerned... Like the, re- the reality is they're 7-2-5, you know they've got one of the best goal differences in the league. They have one of the. I think they have the second. They're still second in points. Yeah. There's just not a lot to be like. I feel like freaking out over their place in the standings right now is premature. Premature. Now, until it's not. Until it's not. <laughs> and then. Yeah. And and there's and so yeah I, I think that they've you know they've made two acquisitions that I haven't really had a chance to. One of them made his debut. On Sunday against Kansas City, I thought he looked very good. Javier yeah. Arriaga and Jovan Jones might make his debut this week against Dallas, and so they're they're already improving themselves. Uh, the loss of Chad Marshall, though, was unexpected. It was yes, and that's certainly going to be an issue. I, I you know I think I would be freaking out a lot more about their place in the standings if they hadn't already signed Arriaga. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, there are. It's one of those things where I think I think it was the last episode where I kind of laid out just the different scenarios in this season, and they all still make sense. You know, two weeks later, things could go really wrong. Things can go really right. Um, you just kind of have to enjoy the ride at this point, I guess, even though it's not super enjoyable at the moment, but. Um, speaking of, of things that uh, are increasingly unenjoyable, uh, the Sounders have drawn the Portland Timbers in the Open Cup again. Again, yes. And they're hosting them again. Um, is that the, this is the fourth straight time they're going to be hosting them and the fourth time in six years that they'll be playing each other. Yeah, no, not the fourth straight. Well, yeah. Because 2014, 15, 17, 19. Yeah, so depending on what you mean straight. The, in terms of drawing them and then hosting them, yes. Right. They're Not okay. literally, right. yeah. Yes. Okay. So now that that confusion is cleared up. Yes. Uh, it. I don't really want to have an Open Cup debate because um, it's nothing is more uninteresting to me. <laughs> but I, mean, I think I'll, I'll we have to I, talk about it. I'll say this. <laughs> I like the Open Cup as a concept. I think prior to 2015, I was all in on thinking it was one of the most important things that you could be into as a as an American soccer fan. Yes. And I would say that 2015 changed my opinion, in part because you saw how bad things could go and how that would basically wreck could wreck your season and i don't think that pursuing the open cup is worth that cost uh but i still like the tournament although the flaws of the tournament are becoming more and more apparent i feel like with every year and it's and and this has kind of been the case i think forever uh since certainly since mls has been involved that on some level you either want to see it fixed in a way that is meaningful 
Or I, I think MLS has to consider it's like how important is like MLS has to kind of decide is it important enough to allow the tournament to be played the way it really should be played, and by that I mean enter having MLS teams enter at a point where they actually might they actually have a good chance of playing a lower division team like it like the previous round round three right like if like if they go in in round three and if MLS teams accept that they're probably gonna have to travel. I don't think MLS teams should feel like they need to use all their starters in these games. But I I think that, like, my sense is that a lot of the things we hate about the Open Cup right now, like the regional seeding and uh, and when the MLS teams enter the tournament, is probably done to placate MLS, Frank? Yeah, it definitely is. And and it's because I don't think that anyone else is really benefiting from this other than MLS team saying like well we don't want to be part of this more than we already are and i think that's kind of the thing is that they either need to be a bigger part of the tournament or maybe a smaller part of the tournament and by that maybe there's even fewer like maybe every mls team doesn't automatically qualify into the well, they don't there's three canadian teams that don't qualify every american every u.s based <laughs> uh team doesn't maybe shouldn't automatically qualify and maybe there should be you know, maybe there should be a, maybe that's only eight. Maybe maybe there's only eight or ten teams from MLS that qualify, and it's based on the previous year's standings. And if you don't get in, you don't get in, and that's how it goes. Yeah. Um, like I think there's ways, but I, what the, I guess what I'm saying is the way it is now, where especially in the Pacific Northwest, there's I would even open up that to the West Coast. West Coast, yeah. Yeah, especially on, on the West Coast where you're really you're really stuck playing the same teams every single yeah. year and they're almost all MLS teams. I just don't think it's the sta- it makes the tournament pointless. Like I was, you know, we were, we were talking about, well, we'll probably get into this later, but you, you know, you think about the league's cup thing that's coming around and one disaster scenario, I suppose is every Mexican team winning and they end up playing this tournament in the United States that, that it, yeah. it defeats the purpose, right? Well, the worst case scenario to me actually is if, if every MLS team wins, and then you have four MLS teams just having to play pointless friendlies in the middle of the week against, against each, each other. other. Right. And and that's kind of what the US Open Cup is becoming mm-hmm. where it's just this secondary tournament that's kind of like a reserve league tournament of MLS teams going at it with one another. That's just not fun. That's not fun to no, watch. It's not. And it's not fun. But pretty much so, you know, pretty much every sort of diehard Sounders fan or Timbers fan that has a Twitter account today tweeted eye roll emojis or, or something Something like that. It's just like, like again, like, and I think that at least from a fan perspective, the benefits that are currently offered to MLS teams in this tournament, such as entering in a very late stage of the tournament not having to travel very much. I think a lot of fans would trade those things for a a more exciting draw. Yeah, I mean I, I think I think fans almost across the board would yeah. probably prefer a more wide open setup. Yeah. And I think the convincing part is going to be you know, technical step. Like we're already and I think and I kind of feel like we've already made the fact that MLS teams no longer have to, or maybe no longer allowed. I think you could kind of read through that. I don't think <laughs> that MLS teams are not being allowed to field their secondary teams. I think yeah. they requested to not field their secondary yeah. teams. But in any case, that MLS, you know, so like the U.S., the Tacoma Defiance are not allowed into this tournament, are not Correct. in the tournament. And Timbers too is that way too. Right, all the USL. Like the teams that are essentially operated by MLS teams yeah. are not in this tournament, and that was done in large part because those players, the the teams wanted to use those players for their first team, and they can call up something like eight players from that team mm-hmm. to to help fill out their roster, and that to me mitigates a lot of the potential pitfalls of entering the tournament earlier. Yeah, because it would be even easier to justify playing your reserves against a USL team. And if you lose, you lose. You 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 like you're not really out. You're not like you're not yeah. out anything. Uh, you know, you look at the, like the Sounders went to Sacramento last year. They u- used a, a a lineup that was mostly reserves. I think Harry Ship played. Alex Roldan played. I think Harry Ship subbed on. Yeah. I think you're right. 
and because uh, he scored that he, he scored the score. goal and and in any case it didn't hurt the Sounders effort to do anything they they ended up going out a bunch of young players got some minutes and and so I don't see the harm in in just letting them go in and an earlier round and maybe you have two rounds where it's almost all USL players yeah. that are participating. Yeah, it it's one of those things where it is what it is. Um and you can't really it's kind of where I'm at right now is you can't really get too upset about it. Uh I mean you can. You can do whatever you want, really. <laughs> uh this isn't me telling somebody how to react. This is me just kind of offering my perspective uh i'm not gonna get too upset about it i'm also on the flip side probably not gonna get too excited about it unless i don't think there's anything to get excited about at this point the only way like i think the only way that i would get excited about this tournament is if the sounders get to the semifinals and at that point you start going okay well i mean a trophy is a trophy if we if the sounders can get a fifth open cup and tie the record i'm all about that yeah i think it'd be a lot of fun and like the 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 days of like wanting to win every single game against Portland stopped in 2015, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, I just <laughs> think of, you know, of, of at, what happened, right? And you look at the, the 2017, which is the last time the Sounders played, was the first time they've played since that since the red card wedding, and and it was a, both teams basically fielded reserve lineups. It was just like a game. Yeah, the Sounders it, won. I don't know if people even remember that. No, I, it's just like. Uh, it's just bo- it's boring, and w- w- that would that would have been the last Open Cup game. At- I guess one exciting thing we can we can talk about yeah. is that the Open Cup games are going to be at uh, Cheney Stadium. Yeah, I think that's personally pretty cool. I am probably not going to drive down from Seattle on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night uh, to Tacoma because um, that's frankly crazy. <laughs> um, I have to be at work early and stuff. There's reasons why it's crazy for me that it might not be crazy for somebody else, um, but I think I think it's cool that the team is um, investing in th- that region of of their fan base alongside uh, the t- Tacoma Defiance and uh, Rain FC, and I it it is a cool I think it's a cool place to watch a soccer game. I think it's a great place to watch a soccer game. I think that. There's clear benefits to having the game there, whether it be that uh, the amenities are don't feel like you're at a rec yeah. facility. It is much, much better than Starfire. Yeah, I mean, it's it has a really nice grass pitch. Um, you know, it, it's it's set up nicely. I mean, it's a nice it's a nice setup, and I don't think that it like I understand where the centers are coming from. Why they're I think it makes a lot. There's a lot of ways to justify. Going down there, I I also don't blame Sounders fans for being frustrated. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. I, I think that there's a, a an understandable segment of Sounders fans who feel like the Sounders have devalued the Open Cup. I we can debate whether that's true or not, but I, they feel that way, and this does nothing to like. It doesn't. It doesn't help that right. if 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 you're convinced. Right. If you were someone who. Loved going to see the Sounders play Open Cup games at Starfire from 2009 to 2015, let's call it. And you, you have these great memories of the Fortress. The Sounders went 21-1 and at this facility. That's an amazing record. Some pretty cool things happened there, so, like yeah. Mar- the Marcus Hanneman downing a beer type thing. Yeah, exactly. There's a million things. Like There's so many great memories there. And I don't begrudge anyone for feeling like that was taken away from them because it, it was like it and it was kind of done without I don't want to say it was done without warning because I think if you were paying attention you should have seen this coming whether it be <laughs> this year next year or a couple years down the road but clearly this is the direction that this was all heading in but they, they didn't like come out and say hey just so you know our open cup games are going to be at Starfire or are going to be at Cheney now and like maybe some other MLS teams did right well, literally <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, I guess if you if you're paying attention, the the Red Bulls have quite a mess on their hands. Yeah. Um, the the long and the short of that is the Red Bulls said open cup tickets at Red Bull Arena would be included in season ticket packages. What they failed to mention when those season ticket packages went out was that open cup games are not 
being held at Red Bull Arena, <laughs> at least not until maybe the quarterfinals. Um, yeah, so uh, maybe the grass is greener on this side. Right. I mean, I, I will, it, like the Senators didn't do the worst thing they could have possibly done. And I don't even know that this qualifies as like on the grand scale, like a particularly bad thing. But I don't, like I said, I just don't begrudge anyone for being upset. I also don't begrudge people in the South Sound for being really, really genuinely excited about being able to see the first team play a meaningful game. Yeah, and I, I think, I think, um, I think the cool part is, is it's like the, it's not like a lot of the things that have happened with the Sounders USL team have felt second rate. Yeah. But this helps connect the two organizations. Well, I mean, I think it shows a genuine commitment to the South Sound as a as a, like a market. Yeah, and it, I think it's I what I mean, what else could they do to? This is about as. This is the most that they could do to connect the market. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose that you could come up with a scenario where they played like a friendly in Tacoma or something. Like, yeah, but like. But, no, I agree. Like this is bigger than a friendly. Yeah, it's, and you will get into this a little bit towards the end of the show with the roster that will be available once everybody leaves for international tournaments. But there's a likelihood that well, the 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 roster that they field for this game will be much stronger than I would say the roster that they've had the last two years for Open Cup. That's my suspicion as well. Like we won't really know that. And they might not. They might elect to not play somebody like will bruin or harry ship but why yeah that's the thing yeah they they could they absolutely could and they might but i think it's it's easier to justify unless they're like letting players take vacations like extended vacations which i don't as far as i know is not happening but you know like brad smith probably wouldn't have been available if this was not during they they probably have 10 guys who they probably would be inclined to not use but like Harry Ship, Will Bruin, Stephen Fry, Brad Smith, Kim Keehee, Kelvin Leardham, Hunt Johnny Paul Campbell, Luna, John Camp. I think Campbell was a safe bet to play in this game, regardless. <laughs> but um, I mean, there's a lot of guys who I th- Victor Rodriguez. These are all players who I think would have been off limits if this game were being played uh, in you know at the end, of, like without the Gold Cup break. Yeah, and and, and mo- I would think that most if. Maybe, maybe all, maybe all those guys are available, uh, because I don't see why they wouldn't be. They're gonna be. A, it's gonna be a week after their last competitive game. They won't have another game unless they advance in the Open Cup until the twenty eighth, I believe. Twenty ninth. Twenty ninth of June. Twenty ninth. Yeah. So that's like that. I mean, there's more than two. That's still more than two weeks off from from this game. So there's just not necessarily a, a sporting yeah. reason not to play, other than just being scared of. Having an injury. Yeah, or if um, there are, again, I guess I suppose this is the best best way to transition as any because we've probably talked about the Open Cup a lot longer than we planned on doing. But there are two games coming up with that um, could have some of these players get injured in, <laughs> I suppose. Um, and I think it's important to talk about both of these games as a chunk rather than two individual games because – Quite literally, the team is leaving Seattle for Dallas, and then once they're done playing Dallas, they fly straight to Montreal. So if the team is going to treat it as a chunk... We may as well, too. We Because we talk about the team, we might as well, too. So Dallas is kind of a... I, Dallas is another one of those those places that... It's not as tricky as it's been with Kansas City, but... It's been pretty like I'm trying to remember the last time the Sounders won. They haven't won there for a while, I'm guessing, right? Uh, actually, let's. I suppose we could look that up. Um, the beauty of we do have the internet in front of us. Um, they are. Um, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. When was the last time they won there? Yeah, they haven't won there at least since 2016. Cause well, they definitely lost in 2015 because in 2015 was uh, they lost there on a game that I think they gave up two goals in the second half. And at halftime, two Dallas players got into a on-field fight. And it oh. felt like and the Sounders were in the middle of a, their losing streak at the end of... Oh, wait, no, no, that was... They also lost there in 2014. 
Actually, um, now, I, now I have to think about it. I'm getting 2013 and 2015. They won confused. April 12th, 2014 in Dallas. That was the game that... Uh, that Dempsey had a brace. And he did, yes. Chad Barrett had the other goal, I believe. Uh, it was an own goal. Stephen Keel. Caused by Chad Barrett. Oh, okay. Anyways, um, and there's countless uh, playoff series between these two teams. Um, anyways, but Dallas is winless in six. I did some research here earlier. Let me... Something like 0-4 and 2, right? Yeah, they haven't won in uh, over a month. They've drawn two and then lost four, I believe. Yep, that's their last. That's their current form type situation. So a lot like how the Sounders entered the Kansas City game, uh, this is a this is an opportunity to kind of exercise some demons, but. Um, I don't. I don't know how much of this is the kind of the the whiplash from the Sporting Kansas City game, but I feel a lot more. I don't feel as good about this game as I do the Kansas City game. Meaning entering, entering. Okay. Yes, obviously after. The I fact. was much more worried about this game before we saw what the Sounders roster is going to look like. Like That's they're going to be point. without Ladero, but really. He might be the only major. Uh, I doubt Kim Kihi will play. Oh really? I don't think. Oh he... no, you're right, Kim Kihi, because he's hurt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That you're. You're. I'm sure you're right about that. I bet he travels. He's probably in the 18, but I don't know if he starts. But it sounds like Ariaga is still going to be here. Yeah, Roman like Torres. Roman Torres is still here. Uh, Jovan Jones may be available. Victor Rodriguez is supposed to be back. Christian Roldan has Svensson. Svensson's going to be back. Uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz is still supposed to be here. So a lot of players that we weren't sure if they would be called in early are going to be there, and that's that's good news. I mean, the Sounders should have like I don't think personnel is going to be the excuse. Like if they don't win this game, it's not because they didn't have enough. They didn't have a. It wasn't because of their skeleton staff. Yeah. It's because they just didn't play well, probably. And and it should be noted that um, FC Dallas will be without um, Brandon Cervania. He's with the U20s. Okay. I don't know if that's how you say his last name. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> that uh, Paxton... Pomacol. Pomacol and Edwin Cerillo. Cerillo. <laughs> this is... Yes. This, yeah. uh, that was glorious. Yeah. Uh, I don't do uh, names. Names are not yeah. your strong suit. Yeah. Um, so those three players are away with the U-20s. So is uh, their DP, number 10, who, um, let's just say, isn't as important to them as our DP, number 10, is. Sure. Uh, uh, Aaron Geese, he's gone with the Chile U-23s. Um, so they'll be without some players as well. Yeah. Um, so I I kind of pose this question to you or this segment to you as as a joint situation with the Montreal game, but I suppose it's it's actually turning out to be two very separate games given the rosters that will be available. But how do you feel? What's an acceptable result from these two games? I mean, I think two points total would feel. Like, I wouldn't be excited about two points, but I think I could feel fine about two points. And if we go back to the, the two previous games, I think most of us agree that they really, we thought four points was a good target. So yeah. that would fall, point, fall short of the four-point target from these four road games. Um, but two points, I think I would feel like, okay, whatever. Like, we'll, I, we'll, we'll pick it up at the end of the Gold Cup but I, I kind of think three points is the is really the minimum that I want to see the Sounders get from these two games. Yeah, and I think the better opportunity to get those points is from the Dallas game. I would much rather win a game and lose a game than draw two. Yeah, so because that would feel Plus just more, one more point. It's quite literally one more point. Um, it's also one more loss. So you know, that's a thing. Also. Um, <laughs> 
But it's more points on the board, but it also feels a lot better, especially if the win comes against Dallas and the loss comes against Montreal. You lose going to an Eastern Conference team that's um, very far away without your strongest roster. That's that's easy to swallow. Yeah. Two two draws after after losing at Kansas City and then drawing in uh, Philadelphia. It just feel like. It kind of feels a little bit more sluggish than. Oh, I agree. I mean, I, I kind of feel like the Sounders need they they don't literally need to win at Dallas, <laughs> but I think from a a a confidence standpoint, a win in Dallas would do a lot more good than two ties. That's for sure. Yes. Um. Dallas is a very different team than the last time the Sounders played them. Uh, they have a new head coach. They've been playing a lot of youth players. Is there anything about Dallas that worries you? Or, I mean, it, I, I I haven't watched a ton of them. I'm not going to sit here and, and try to break down what they do well. I it it seems like they've been more competitive than the 0-4 and two record suggests yeah especially but those both of those um lafc games were they had a situation much similar to the sounders where they played lafc twice in a week and they lost both of them i think i think they tied the second um, i think they got the same result yeah. as the sounders did and it was similar also i think because they got a red card in the second in the home leg yeah and it was late they were winning that game late, and they ended up settling for a tie, if my memory serves. And I that does watch, sound, yeah. I did watch a fair amount of that game, and I thought Dallas, you know, stood up well. They don't. They have good players. They, they have. I think they have really good players. They should be. I think they should be much better than they are. But, and that's that's what that's what worries me because, um, I think they're. I think they're a lot better than their record shows, where the Sounders might be a little bit worse than their record. Yeah. And um, and with the the history wrapped in with like never going to Dallas and winning, uh, I'm not super confident about this. I don't feel good about it, especially without Nico Ladero. Yeah, I mean, I I I will say that I I, <laughs> I saw someone opining the uh, they were. Suggesting that it looked like Nico wanted to get a yellow card in that game, and <laughs> while that seems ridiculous on its face, I do understand, and I think they were saying it in jest. I kind of get it at the same time because he is now in he's he's in Uruguay. Yeah, he and presumably he would have stayed here if he had to play. Like if he was eligible to play, he would have played. I don't really doubt that, but I I kind of think it's not the worst thing in the world for him mentally to spend some extra time there to yeah, and I increase think, his chance of making that team. He's now officially on the team. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that, and this team does need to, it, it can't just be a team that is reliant on one player right, or, exactly. or a handful like they, of players. They have to figure out ways yeah. to win games without Nico Ladero. And this is the kind of game where I feel like, you, if you you, you got to figure out how to get these results. You, yeah. you just like whether that means Christian Roldan playing as a ten and Delam and and Svensson playing as defensive mids, or you put Victor Rodriguez in at the ten, and then I guess you have Harry Ship and uh, and Hamdwal Buana on the on the outside there. Can I throw one more sure. suggestion at you? Because this is actually what I think I would do. Watching a little bit of Dallas, I would do a four four two with Raul and Bruin up top. I would do Victor on one of the wings and maybe Hanwall or Harry Ship on the other and then do Roldan and Svensson in the middle because I th- so Dallas is little Siggy's arrow kind of action. Yeah, so uh a like thing that da- rolled on as a more advanced like a Brad sure. role. Yeah, sure. Um and then kind of you try to win the game in the first 60 minutes sort of situation because um, the way Dallas sets up is um, their center backs are basically play as defensive midfielders in possession and um, are among the highest in touches and passes in the league, especially 
um, Ziegler, Reto Ziegler. Who is a very, and Hedges are both very good. Yeah, they're very good, but when you press them, which is what LAFC did, um, LAFC basically, their three, or I guess it's a 4-3-3 is a very, like, their wide forwards are very high up the pitch, so they basically play with three strikers. But I think you could you could put Bruin and you can put Raul, who are very active defenders, and you can hurry their back line and I think try to create some breakaways there. I don't know. Um, we haven't seen the Sounders line up in a, a 4-4-2 without chasing the game this season. But Yeah, the, the only time they used a 4-4-2 last year, I think, was the Galaxy game that followed the loss to the Union and that was probably their worst performance of the. It was definitely their worst performance of the second half. But yeah. I don't want to read. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen here. It just I, we haven't seen it since then. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I doubt that that's what happens. I think probably what happens is Victor plays the ten, and you kind of you pretty much repeat last week's lineup with the addition of Senton and Victor, and without. Uh, I will say the one thing I think that maybe pushes me more towards Roldan being a 10 is I tend to think that Roldan is able to do some of the stuff that Ladero does that make the offense work. Cool. And which is not to say that he's not nearly as creative as Ladero, but he's got that same kind of motor. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's pretty important to way that the way that the Sounders play is they have this very active central midfielder. And I'm also a little worried about Rodriguez being asked to go 90 minutes in his first game back in five weeks or whatever it's been. Yes. Um, our tiny Spaniard is very fragile, it seems. And um, especially if with the way that the roster is shaping up to be for that Montreal game, you're going to need him at least another 60 minutes. Right. Or Like, I don't think there's any way he's going to go 90 minutes. Like, I I don't think there's a scenario where he goes 90 minutes, but I just think that you're you're more likely to get two 60-minute performances out of him if he's on the wing in one game. Yeah. I'm going to give you an over-under prediction of um, 117 and a half minutes between the two games for Victor Rodriguez. Over or under? Well, I sure hope it's over. Okay. That's basically asking you, you, and we can transition into the Montreal game. Do Do you think he starts in Montreal? God, I mean, it's just you look at who's going to be available, and it's just you would think he almost has to. Like, they, I don't think that they're going to be able to field a 18-man roster. That Without, day. are they allowed to do USF call-ups? USL I mean, call-ups? Theoretically, could, but they would have to sign them to a permit. I don't, oh, I, you can't. I, you they can't do the open four, open cup deal. No, you type? have to be down to 14 okay. healthy player available players to sign an emergency player in that situation they, i don't think they're going to be that low but they're going to have to use i suspect that like i wouldn't be at all surprised to see danny leva starting that game that's exciting yeah <laughs> yeah uh what, danny leva and maybe jordy Dellum. what so like leva's just turned 16 is yeah is there any sort of like international law that prevents <laughs> Him from playing in in Canada? I, had to, I, I like, don't know. I does he have a passport? Like, sure hope so. My God. Maybe. Uh, God, maybe one of the maybe one of those guys at Sounder at Heart can ask about his passport situation. A, like, not a. I mean, you would think. Well, he's had to play internationally. I assume. He's oh played, yeah, he's totally. Um, he's played internationally with the. Where the, the U, Where was the U seventeen tournament? I guess that was in Florida. Yeah, but I bet he's. I'm sure he's had. To, like, I would think that if okay. you're on the national team, yeah, you they they make sure you have your passport. Like, yeah, that's, I'm just gonna go ahead and assume that. I don't know that for sure that's true, but I I think we can assume he has his passport. But yeah, I mean, like I I would suspect that Alfonso Ocampo Chavez could get. I, mean, I don't think he will start that game, but I think there's a pretty good chance that that he plays. Uh, Kim Kihi, I hope is available for that game because yeah. he would definitely be used. He'll definitely start. I think if if uh, if he's available, but he's probably going to start next to John Campbell. Uh, then you like the what's funny is the the one position they may have some depth, which is weirdly right back. Yeah. Because uh, Saad Abdul Salam, Kelvin Leardham, and Henry Wingo should all be available for that game. And uh, uh, Abdul Salam and Kelvin Leardham can play left back as well. Both of them have played. Yeah. So left. we might see we might see one of them at. I, I would actually I would, be at all surprised to see like Kelvin Leardham playing left 
Yeah. I, who, I mean, who else would do it? Especially if New Who gets called in to yeah, Cameron. Yeah. My suspicion is Alex Roldan's going to start that game. Um, How fun. Which, you know, I, and I will, like, I don't know want to circle back too much, but one thing I, I did come away thinking is I don't think it was a mistake to play Buana against Kansas City. I think that's absolutely a gamble you have to take. Yeah. But his performance was such that I'm now wondering if an Alex Roldan might be a better, like, one, if, like, you have to just do a one-for-one swap in that situation where you don't quite have your A team, you're going into a tough venue. I, mean, I don't know. I'm Maybe I'm talking myself out of it now. Alex Roldan, so, question. Yeah. What did you think of Alex Roldan's performance against Philadelphia? I mean, it was fine, I guess. He didn't, I don't remember him doing much. So, that's got to factor into the manager's mind, right? Yeah, I mean, it does. But he also, I mean, I, I don't think, I think the big difference is that you don't have to worry about him making turnovers and that you can kind of rely on, you can count on his performance. Which I think is, he turned the ball over three times against Philadelphia. Well, uh, Buana had seven turnovers against. That's Kansas. a lot more than three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and he had that one where he got, uh, was it right before the end of the first half, where he turned the ball over and. Uh, and Nico Hasler uh, yeah. manhandled him. Yeah, and then um, Russell dribbled through the entire defense. Yes, those are two different plays. Oh, they were. Yeah, those are two oh, different plays. I was hoping they were, they were the same. But they one. were. But they. But they both were not great looks for Buana, and and not that, I don't want to slag the guy too much. I mean, I think he's a promising player, and I think that he actually provides a lot off the bench. I just don't know that he's quite ready to start on the road. That's fair, and. Um, Man, it's just I I'm having such a hard time thinking about that Montreal game. It's not very far away. As we record, it's six days away. As you're listening to it, it's probably five days away. Uh, but like I can't think about I can't I I don't know how to think about that game. I just don't. Yeah. And the last couple of time, I guess some good news is the last couple of times that's happened in. Sounders world or during the Sounders schedule they've won, they've come out pretty well like the Philadelphia game I didn't really know what to think and that went a lot better than I thought um the I mean that ended up happening 18 minutes into the LAFC game in Seattle that ended up turning out okay so I, I think mean, this is a team that has shown that they can get results under less than ideal circumstances circumstances. yeah can they and they've shown they can grind and they've shown that they can you know like i think we've seen a lot of grinding and a lot of like getting the result you need to get over the last couple months but i think what we want to see and and the dallas game is maybe not the the best opportunity for this but i I definitely think what we want to see after the gold cup is is a return to like beautiful soccer a more than one goal win yeah, maybe maybe a, like three or four goals. Yeah. And it's, like the, I don't think there's any panic. There should be no panic. I mean, this is a team. Some people are panicking. Sure, but I, I think this is a team that has the pieces to come. Like if if they get into the playoffs as a number two seed, let's just say, and they have to play at LAFC in the conference finals. I mean, I don't know. I don't think they're the favorite, but I like their chances. I do too, because uh, LAFC lost last year at home in the playoffs to RSL. And RSL's bad. Yeah. So I mean, that was, yeah, sure. They uh, Daniel Kralak Cray, started at striker for during that game. Yeah, he, I think he had two goals. He's a defensive midfielder. Yeah. Despite playing the same number of games. One of the best goals. Yeah. It, the karate kick. That karate kick goal. He got a nickname out of that one. Anyways, um, I was gonna end this podcast that ended up going a lot longer than I thought it was going to. To just kind of pick your mind about international tournaments. Um, Let's do it. There are several, um, there are several different international tournaments that the Sounders World people are participating in. Um, two, at least. The players, the roster. Oh, the, sure. Yeah, okay, we've literally just spent the entire episode talking I about different. You meant the, the player. I thought you meant the team. No, no. Okay, um, sure. Okay. I mean, they're not in the League's Cup, so we don't have to talk about the right. League's Cup. I was confused. <laughs> um. How are you a are you a firmly club over country type person, or do you like 
these international tournaments, where do you sort of fall in this realm of world soccer and international teams? I would say that I am firmly in the club over country. Yes. Like, if you ask me to sacrifice a club result for a country result, I'm going to take the club result. Which, like, literally, they are asking you to do that. They are. So my preference would be... To not do that? To not do that. But I also understand, like, the that there's a reality. Like, when the Sounders play during... When they lose players during international breaks, I have a hard time, like... That's just the like. There's no point in getting upset about losing all these players on June 5th when the international break starts on June 3rd. Like, there's sure that's a that's a decision that's made. But like, you just like I'm frustrated that the Sounders are having to play during that time. But I'm I don't necessarily like bemoan the existence of. But and so I guess this is where I like I don't quite. It's, I'm not someone who wants the international game abolished, and I know that there are fans <laughs> that would actually like to see the international game abolished. So I'm not like that hardcore of a club over country person, and I and I like watching club tournaments. But if you're going to international ask, tournaments, yeah, yeah, sorry, I like watching international tournaments. So I'm not going to sit here and like curse their existence, but I will absolutely like. I'm definitely that guy who is kind of relieved when players don't get, get called up. Were you were you that guy on the Copa America and? Gold Cup Wikipedia pages today trying to figure out the worst results for each international team that the Sounders have a player representing because I definitely was. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, like, don't get me like I'm definitely gonna be. I'm not gonna be broken up if like I guess I want the United States to do well in the Gold Cup, but if both Trinidad and Panama get knocked out in the group stage, which would be that can't hard. happen. One of them is gonna go through. Oh, you're right, because three teams are going to advance out of that. Well, uh... Because they're in the same group as the United States. Yeah, but... So there's not that third place thing in the Gold Cup, I don't think. I think... I thought there were. It's definitely in Copa America, but the other team in the the same Gold Cup group is... um, uh, No, it is... um, Good radio. Guiana? Guiana. Guiana. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So that's probably not a team that's going to advance out of the group. Uh, So yeah, I I would, but like I wouldn't be broken up if Guiana did advance over Panama and Trinidad. Up the Guiana. Uh, Big fan. So I guess, you know, I certainly wish ill on like if Uruguay went out in the group stage, I wouldn't be broken up about it. Unfortunately, it looks like they're probably going to do pretty well. Yeah, because they're right. Yeah, I know they're probably gonna be in the final. Um, like I was looking at their draw, and like I, it was not at all hard for me to see them getting to the final. Yeah. Um, Whereas uh, Ecuador probably won't do very well. Right. So if Ecuador is knocked out early, I wouldn't be upset about that. Um, you know, and like I kind of feel like if Roldan's the only player on the Sounders that goes deep in the tournament, good for him. Yeah. The frustrating thing about that is it doesn't seem like. Greg Berhalter. So the the most frustrating thing I have in my mind yeah, when like it comes to international, go there and then not play. Yeah, is the Christian Roldan situation. Sure. Like obviously, a part of the best twenty three players arguably should be starting, but the national team coach doesn't think that, and he might start the third group stage game. He might get a sub appearance here or there. That's the fr- like that's the frustrating part from my yeah, standpoint cuz like when so for instance like when Clint Dempsey he would play every game and he would score every game and it was like okay I can buy into this like I can I can get on board here but it's this situation where it's like they go and they don't play and it's like I kn- I know why from a player's perspective you want to be there but from purely a fan point of view it's like yeah. why don't you just come Come play for the team that pays your bills. Like, come Carlos on. Villa. Yeah. Carlos <laughs> Which, Villa, who's just turning, should have, like, telling Mexico I'm not going to. And that's frustrating because uh, you know that there was, ah, man. I didn't want to really rant about LAFC again. But, <laughs> yeah, like, so kind of a team, like, so obviously if you know anything about me, you probably also know that I'm a Liverpool fan. So I grew up with, 
basically Manchester United being the best team in the world, and Sir Alex Ferguson would always get his players somehow removed from international duty. It just seems like that same thing's happening with Bob Bradley and LAFC, and it's very frustrating. They would get, you know, dentist appointments or... And it's just it's just an annoying, annoying well, I thing. I think the Carlos Vela thing is a little more complicated because he's been on the in and out of Mexico repeatedly for like the last ten years, and so I'm not as surprised. Like I don't think that's necessarily Bob Bradley working some voodoo to get him out of the national team. Although I'm sure he put in a good word for. But Carlos, the national, the Mexican national team coach. Coached in MLS last season. I of know. course, he knows how good Carlos Vela is. No. Oh, he knows how. <laughs> it's not a question of. It's definitely and a uh, Chucky Lozano broke his leg or whatever. So there's well, like an obvious need. Carlos Vela didn't not get called in. He's. I know. He's declining the call up. I know, which is frustrating to me. Sure, but it's not. <laughs> what I'm saying is that it's not. It's not. I don't think it's just like a. I guess my point is that it's not a Bob Bradley thing. Like I don't necessarily. Like they're getting a huge break by this, but I think that's also part of the attraction, maybe, of going after Carlos Vela because here's this international quality player who's refusing to play for his national team. I guess, I guess. Anyways, uh, I got way more upset about that than I thought I was going to. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I can't like I like. I, LAFC is just really doing my head in i don't know if you can tell yeah <laughs> they're up in that head of yours <laughs> yeah i mean they're gonna rip lose, free they're gonna lose walker zimmerman i assume they're gonna yeah lose. but they have some other tam player to play at center back coming out of nowhere i yeah. suppose i mean i don't know i guess to some degree i like if you want to be upset i suppose you can be upset with the idea that the Sounders keep signing players who are in their national team and that being yeah. on the Sounders seems to actually help them get back into the national team picture. I'm not going to begrudge the players. I'm going to begrudge Bob Bradley. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you for listening to the Sounder at Heart podcast. Thank you for uh, listening to me get really upset about things that ultimately are pretty trivial, like uh, 22 men running around in different colored pajamas on a grass field. Hey, um, if you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, so you probably, probably yeah, probably get upset as well. Uh, this ended up being a little bit longer than I was I was initially planning on yeah, it. We but were supposed to do all these in half an hour. None yeah. of them have gone half an hour. No, we've gone 40 minutes. Uh, that's the shortest one. This one's definitely over 40 minutes. But thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Mark Kastner. Over there is Jeremiah O'Shan. And uh, see ya.